Well, hello, my friends. Sweeps period continues with another Storytime episode that contains two different stories for you. Each of these describes different games that my friends and I engaged in back in the late 1970s and the 1980s. In today's world, the games are forms of what is now known as nutball. Games played that test the pain level one could endure, but also tests whether you have balls of steel that can take a pounding and survive the torture of these games. Sometime in the last few decades, Nutball has actually taken a form that guys now play that have specific rules. The way guys play it now is actually shown in the photo that is on an Older Gay Guy Show Facebook page where it says that this episode is now available. It shows two guys sitting apart from each other. But back in my days, at least where me and my friends were concerned, we played it in different ways, basically trying to find new ways to torture ourselves. So let me tell you two different tales of our foolish pastime, and you can judge for yourself if today's nutball is better than what I experienced in my younger days. And so, once again, my friends, my name is Joey Hernandez, and you are listening to Nutball, a sweeps period storytime episode of an older gay guy show. Good day, esteemed listeners. Pray mark your diaries for the 15th to the 17th of September, for you shall want to be in attendance at pride48.com. We cordially invite you to our grand denouement, the 15th and indeed final annual podcasting gala. Join us as we traverse the kaleidoscope of our community, featuring delightful LGBTQ and LGBTQ-friendly podcasts from the illustrious Pride 48 lineup, as well as a few surprises. It's your last opportunity to be part of this extraordinary event. Should you desire further particulars, visit the Pride 48 website. Don't forget, dear listener, September 15th to the 17th. Don't miss your opportunity to partake in this splendid celebration only (laughs) at pride48.com. I will be reading parts one and two of my infamous story time titled construction site jerk-off for the live show that was just advertised, as well as I will be typing and responding to listeners in real time, as well as asking periodic vintage TV trivia questions. The reading will be pre-recorded because it's over 20 pages, and I... When I read things, like when I do the book on the Jockstrap Stories podcast, I make so many mistakes and have to re-record and re-record. So I'm going to have this pre-recorded, and it will free me up to talk to listeners in the live, real-time chat room. 
I'll keep you updated about the live weekend as it draws closer, including what time slot my show will have as soon as they let me know. Now, the first story takes place in late March of 1988. This took place a year or so after the events I mentioned in the Storytime episode titled Don't Let Your Balls Touch Mine and tells the tale of a weekend I spent with the Donovan brothers up at their family's lodge in Vermont when their parents were away. This first tale is called Can You Sink the Ball or Sink My Balls? In trying to decide the best way to tell this story, I decided to tell it written out like I do some of my writing. So I kept all the major facts as I remember them, but added a few minor points and some kind of approximate dialogue to make it more interesting for you. So this tale is based on fact, but it is not really completely true to life. And I wanted you to know that up front because the story is so detailed in how I tell it and how we speak to each other within the story. I hope you enjoy it. Here is Can You Sink the Ball or Sink My Balls? I can only recall about three times that I visited the Donovans. Once I hit 30, it seemed that our age difference was getting in the way. I had begun dating more, and it just didn't seem that I had that much in common with two guys who were in their early 20s who were always out at straight bars looking to pick up chicks. The Donovan's Lodge was usually busy with family stuff during ski season, and then sometimes in the summer, and especially during autumn, when Stowe really started hopping. But in March, once the natural snow had begun to taper off, and the trails and mountains were basically a slip-and-slide of mud, the family didn't use the lodge much. So Donovan and Tim would often go up for a weekend to hang out with their friends from up that way, use their hot tub, and of course, shoot some pool. When it was just the two brothers, they would go out and try to pick up girls in the always busy bars and clubs. This particular weekend that I joined them, the plan was to head out hiking, sticking to the areas that were primarily rock and strong dry sediment. We planned on wearing boots, and although we would try to avoid the difficult areas of mud, we would be prepared for it. But then the weather changed everything. Rain alternating in buckets falling to a misty, foggy wetness that went on for hours. So the plans to hike were pointless. And even going out to clubs and bars at night seemed too much as we were sure the pelting rainy periods would keep everyone in. And so we decided to do the same. We figured although the hard rain would prevent us from going outside, when it got foggy, we decided to do the hot tub. Foresight had hit us, so we stopped for beer and booze on the way up. 
Plus, the guys had some weed from one of their other visits up the first weekend in March. Now, two weeks later, the guys knew their stash would be safe, as their family wouldn't be going back up until the 4th of July weekend. So Tim grilled us some lunch on the outside grill because it was under a small overhang, so the rain wasn't really a problem cooking the food. The food tasted good, especially being washed down by the first beer of the day. By the end of lunch, we had each gone through three or four beers, and the heavy clouds made it eerily dark outside, even though it was just mid-afternoon. Once half a case of beer had been polished off, one of the brothers suggested we hit the hot tub. Now, remembering the previous year and the antics in the hot tub, now that both brothers were there to participate, I pretty much figured that we were going to have an awesome afternoon. The brothers peeled everything off in two seconds. They waded into the swirling water. It didn't take but a minute for me to do the same, although I did kind of find it uncomfortable at first. I knew I'd get used to it, and after all, we were under the water and the bubbles. This time in the hot tub, though, there really wasn't much homoerotic stuff going on like there was in my previous story time. The closest action was Tim standing up and pissing into a beer bottle. When he first stood up, his red dick and ball hair was really noticeable. It stood out as it was just above the swirling water of the hot tub. Donovan leaned back to get a better view of him. What you doing? Donovan asked. Tim turned to him and sprayed a little piss on him. Cut it out, fuckhead, Tim replied. Donovan sat back down. He then turned to me and said, That's what we do. That's what we've done since elementary school. You piss on each other? Well, more spray for half a second. We've always done it. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, nothing else went on in the hot tub that afternoon. About 6 p.m., we were all laying around the main room of the lodge, shirtless, barefoot, and only in our underwear. One of the brothers suggested we play some pool. We play it all the time. We were probably now a good eight beers each into our night. And as we started to play a game, we quickly figured out that playing a serious game was an absolute impossibility. So we started to just try to do some trick shots, which was becoming an even more difficult task to perform. We were laughing more than anything. Many times the cue ball popped off the table. I am notorious for always popping the cue ball off a pool table when I play because I really don't play well. I don't play well in the least. One of the times, Donovan scurried after the cue ball. He was dressed in boxer underwear, which was just starting to be a thing. Tim and I were both still wearing the kind of white jockey shorts that we grew up in. 
When Donovan was trying to retrieve the ball from under a couch, his boxers slid down a bit off his ass as he pushed himself more and more forward to reach further under the couch. You could clearly see the bright red hair of his ass crack. Although neither of the brothers had much hair on their torsos, the bright red hair on their heads, as well as what poked out from under their arms, was offset by loads of freckles covering their faces and bodies, and they were darkly tanned from a Caribbean vacation the family had just taken a week before. This sucks, said Donovan, as he got back to his feet, the cue ball in his hand. I'm tired of chasing these balls all around the room. Well, shoot better, fuckboy, his brother said. Then to appease his brother, Tim decided that we needed to play a different game. Thus, a new version of nutball was mentioned. We pull our balls out from our underwear and stand holding them so we can droop them over the corner pocket of the pool table. Then we take turns trying to sink a ball, all the while hanging our ball sack right above the corner pocket. Thus, the ball has to shoot into our dangling nutsack before it can drop into the pocket. In order for it to count, you have to hit the player's balls, and the billiard ball needs to then also drop into the pocket after it messes up your family jewels. Questions, men? Nope, Donovan and I replied. So as we polished off a few more beers, we struggled to set up the pool table, and Tim volunteered to be the first to be sacrificed to pool ball hell. He walked to one of the back corner pockets and had to stand on his toes, his bare feet flexing as he positioned himself. He then pulled the pouch of his white jockey shorts to the side and dangled his now very droopy balls hanging low from the relaxation effects of his beer and the weed we smoked. Donovan said he'd be the first to shoot. He bent over so his ass was outlined in his boxer shorts. He lined up the cue ball behind one of the striped balls on the table, then shot it hard, it quickly finding its mark against Tim's bright red hairy balls. The pool ball then dropped down into the pocket. Yes! he yelled, turning to me with a big grin. As we looked toward the end of the table, though, Tim wasn't there. So we walked around the side of it, bringing Tim into view, now buckled over on the floor, his underwear pulled all the way off as he cupped his big balls, moaning, but smiling. We each took a few turns, me being lucky in that the cycle of juice I was on had shrunk my balls a little bit. So even though I dangled them over the pocket, in my first turn as a catcher, the ball just slightly grazed my nuts as it dropped into the corner pocket. The second time I was up for a turn, my balls hung a bit lower and the ball smacked into my nuts really hard. 
the slam into my nutsack was so hard that the ball was stopped from dropping into the pocket. I buckled over, the pain momentarily being impossible to bear. But I recovered after a few minutes, and (laughs) foolishly, we continued to play, getting sloppier as the evening went on. This was not my last time playing this form of nutball, but my first time playing it, and it being with the Redhead Brothers, it remains very much in my memory. The second story takes place on January 1st, 1976, and tells the tale of an interesting road trip that three of us took. It is called Thwapping My Nuts. And I hope you enjoy this next story. The very first time I ever went to New York City was in the early morning hours of January 1st, 1976. That was my senior year of high school. Me and a couple friends had gone to this, what turned out to be a really lame New Year's Eve party where we went to this uh, girl's house and she was having like 30 people over and like 20 people or so showed up. And this was the first party she ever had in her house, in her mom's house. And she had said, oh yeah, we're going to have lots of food and we're going to have beer and we're going to have some uh, hard liquor too and probably have some weed and all this shit. So like we were really stoked to go. So me and my two buddies, Pete and Tony, went over there just about like 11 o'clock or so. We got there about an hour before the ball was going to drop. We were going to have that on TV in the background. And people were shooting some pool. They had a pool table down in the basement. And people were congregating outside because she didn't want anybody smoking cigarettes in the house. And thus, no marijuana smoking in the house. Thus, never got any marijuana. But anyway, so we go over to this uh, girl's house. And we were planning on it being like a really cool New Year's Eve party. Because it was the one of our senior high school year. So it might be the last time that some of us were all getting together. So we get there like 11 o'clock and we walk in and the girls are all in the kitchen and shit. So we head down to the basement and the guys are shooting pool, but they're like, like all in really bad moods, it seemed like, right? So we went to get some beer and we looked around in the basement. We didn't see any. We went upstairs to the kitchen, assuming that the keg was up in the kitchen or they had six packs or whatever cases of beer. And so uh, we we go up there and we go into the kitchen and we don't see anything. So we ask one of the girls, like, you know, where's the beer? And she's like, oh, she wasn't able to get any because her mom didn't want any any in the house. And we're like, that's fucked. All right, so where's the where's the hard liquor? Oh, she, your mom wouldn't let that either. So I'm like, you're kidding me. So like, there's no alcohol whatsoever at the party. <laughs> And the girl's like, no, no, we're just having soda. They provided soda and chips and like M&Ms and chocolates and shit. And, and, and we were like, fuck. 
So we decide, all right, this isn't going to work out. We're not going to hang out with these people and just kind of like drink soda and shit and, and talk or whatever. So we head out of there and we're like, okay, I, I was 17 at the time. One of my two buddies, I don't remember if it was Tony or Pete, was 17. And then the other one was 18. And at the time, drinking age was 18. So we'd often hang out and whichever one of them was 18, I, I can't remember which one would always go in and get booze for us. So it was like, okay, this is cool. We'll just head head to the packy, grab something, and just go over Pete's house and hang out there. So <laughs> that we didn't realize, we didn't think about it, but it was 11.15 at night on New Year's Eve. Nothing was open. Everything was closed up. We didn't know of any other parties that were going on. None of us had any alcohol in our houses. So we just go over Pete's house and we smoke. He had like one joint and like the three of us like split the joint. We watched the ball fall and then we're sitting around like, okay, what are we going to do? We have like all this energy and we were all set for a really big night. It was going to be a really late night. We were going to stay out till dawn. And now like there's nothing to do. So somebody, I don't remember which one of us said, hey, why don't we drive down to New York City? And then one of us said, New Year's Eve is over. The ball's dropped. Everybody's gone home. Everybody's going to be sleeping it off. Like, what's the point of going to New York City? And we were like, oh, you know what? Just to give us something to do. And none of the three of us had ever been to New York City before. So we got in my car and I'm like, okay, cool. Let's just drive down. We'll drive down through the night. It's four hours supposedly to get there. We'll get there maybe around like 5.30 in the morning or something. And I don't know, we'll have breakfast. We'll hang out. We'll find something to do. So we start driving down and it's fine we get through massachusetts and then the little bit of rhode island and then you got this big long ass drive through the state of connecticut so i pull over just before we enter connecticut we're switching off drivers and we're like this is really boring and i can't believe we have to drive all this way through connecticut to even get close to new where new york city is so one of us suggested I don't know if you know what thwapping your nuts is, but me and some of my buddies used to do this sometimes at parties or sometimes if I was just having one guy over to kind of get things going a little bit because I fooled around with a bunch of my friends. So (laughs) we used to do this thing where you undo your, your zipper, your pants, and you pull your underwear to the side and you just let your nuts hang out. And then you like zip up around it. So just your balls were sticking out. So the first part of it was, okay, everybody's got to get into this position. So whoever the driver was at the time did it. And I was on the passenger side because I had gotten in from driving. And whichever other one, <laughs> I don't remember the order of these people here, but was in the middle. So we all hauled our nuts out, right? And we're driving. And normally when we did this like on the road, if, if a bunch of us were driving somewhere, we would do it like, okay, every time we pass a state line or every time we have a toll booth we go through or something like that. And this being such a long ass drive, we decided that the thing was going to be whoever saw a bus first called it out and then that person had the right to say, okay, I want this other person to thwap 
the third guy's nuts. And it, theoretically, we'd all be taking turns and the driver would be changing and all this shit. So <laughs> I know this sounds really weird. And what thwapping your nuts would be is it's specifically two fingers. It's your index finger and your middle finger. So you close your fist and you just allow your index finger and your middle finger to kind of pop out from your fist and thwap, thus the sound, thwap, or knock against this other dude's nuts, which, of course, hurt like a motherfucker. <laughs> but that was the fun of it, right? Now, normally... Oftentimes, especially if we were just doing it like around Boston area, we had been drinking and shit and, you know, it kind of numbed the feeling a little bit. But we were cold sober, cold sober as can be. And the weed, the, the little bit of joint we had was like several hours before, so it had all worn off. So we're dry. <laughs> So we're driving down the highway, down through Connecticut, and somebody would spot a bus. Is it a bus? Okay. So I want uh, Tony, you are gonna twap Pete's nuts. And then Tony spots the next bus, and he's like, okay, Pete, you're gonna twap Joey's nuts. And. <laughs> Needless to say, by the time we got through Connecticut, we had sore balls, but we were laughing our heads off. At one point, we had pulled off to this uh, rest stop to take a whiz because we'd been <laughs> just drinking sodas going down and shit, but um, we all had to take a whiz. So we had to stuff our nuts back into our pants before we got out of the car. Then we go in and there were two urinals and then like this one stall, but it didn't have a door on it. And there was all this shit clogged with toilet paper in the, in the toilet. So two of us lined up, me and, uh, me and, um, Pete or no, me and Tony were at the urinals and Pete had to take a whiz really badly, right? So he said, fuck it, fuck it. And he goes over to the sink and he, and he pulls it out and he starts pissing in the sink and he's looking down at the, at at his balls and he's like holy shit there's like bruises on my fucking balls so we're all just like laughing our asses off i mean it's so funny considering that we didn't have any alcohol in us at all we were just like high on the fact that we were just doing this crazy ass thing driving down to new york city where we had never been and you know we're just these young guys and it, it, it was just so fucking much funny so we get back into the car and we're driving a little further and we're now thwapping a little bit lighter because Pete was bitching so much about how his balls hurting so much and then we got down to New York at like 5 36 o'clock in the morning so after about a half hour of just driving through the city with there nothing to do and just like oh yeah big buildings oh yeah big big buildings so what so we jumped back in the car drove back and by the time we were back we were just like dead we had stopped on the way back and had a little bit of a breakfast and shit so by the time we got back we were just crashing we just we went back over pete's house and we went up to his room and now pete just has a twin bed you know one of those single beds but the three of us were just dead we just wanted to sleep so we peel off our clothes just down to our underwear and the three of us like climb into this this twin bed like all lined up you know and we just slept for like eight nine fucking hours we get back up it's nighttime and we just all split up and go about our way but it was one of the greatest experiences because again it was just guys just my, me and my buddies and uh we're not self-conscious around each other because we've 
basically fooled around with each other and shit. We've showered together. We've slept together before. And, uh, you know, playing the nut game, you know, thwapping each other's nuts. It, it was fun and it wasn't that sexual. I guess it was a little sexual, but it was still it was still loads of fun. God, I hadn't thought about that thwapping your nuts game for a long time. <laughs> I guess when you're 60, you probably don't do it as often anymore. Too bad. Too bad. It was fucking fun. Hurt like a mother, but it was wicked fun. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed this double story time show. Sweeps period will continue with the next story time episode. In the meantime, check out an older Gay Guy Show's YouTube channel as I just posted a new video yesterday. So have a great time in what's remaining of the summer period. And I look forward to having more listeners subscribing to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Big, big hugs to all of you guys. I really appreciate you being with me. Bye for now.